far from you. I'm just going to move a bit closer. <laughs> but to really settle our hearts, you know, there's the, you don't have to look far to be unsettled in your heart. Uh, many of us were confronted with unsettled hearts, with unsettled circumstances around us, and the natural response is to, to be unsettled in your own heart because of what's happening around you. But as Christians, we are called to be, to be different. We, it's an upside-down kingdom. You know, we, don't, we don't respond in the same way as the world does. We respond in how Jesus would have responded when he was walking the earth. So we need to look at what Jesus did, how he lived, and we need to go like, Jesus, help me so that I can live like you want me to live. And I picked up on we, we settle our hearts by setting our hearts on him. We settle our hearts by setting our eyes on him. And that is very, very important, and to, especially in this time, that we don't get unsettled. And, and you know, like you shared, there's many reasons to be unsettled. But what if in the midst of unsettledness, I don't know if there, there is a word like that, let's say there is, what if in the midst of unsettledness, we can respond differently, and that will communicate God's heart for other people? So even just by the way you live and the way you respond to certain circumstances and certain, certain things that happen to you, they will communicate a message all right, to the others. So someone is looking at your life. Did you know that? <laughs> someone is looking at your life. Someone is looking at how you respond. Someone is looking and listening to what you say in certain circumstances. And we forget it. I forget it. And we need to realize that your life should be a message to others, but also your words. It's definitely not uh, what I said last week, but I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm saying it this week. <laughs> but I want to pick up on a scripture in, in Hebrews 12 that I read last week. Hebrews 12, if you have your Bibles here with, uh, with you this morning, um, you're welcome to take it out. We don't have AV this morning, but uh, I do have it here with me. So Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 2, if you, or if you're making notes. Listen to this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off. Are you guys seeing that? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance or endurance the race marked out for us. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him he endured the cross. And I, I want to I pick up on that, is that God has given each one of us a race to run. Do you know that? Each one of us. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian, God has given you a race to run. And we all should be, be running. And I'm um, sorry for those of you who know me for quite a bit by now, but I'm a massive sports fan. I uh, know many of you know it. Uh, I love using sports analogies. I love speaking about sport. I love watching sport. And recently, I've been watching Olympics. Any Olympic fans here? Uh, three of you, that's great. But uh, recently, I've been, been watching Olympics. And one of my favorite events of the whole Olympics is the athletics 100-meter sprint. Who of you have, uh, have seen it recently? It's amazing to watch. It's like the top athletes in the world, the fastest athletes in the world going for it in a 100-meter dash. And it's incredible to look at these guys. They, they, they gave their whole life for this race. 
And interestingly enough, I, I haven't seen it before, but this, this year I, I've, I've seen something different that I haven't picked up in, in the last couple of years. So usually when you go to that start line, there's like a start line, and each, each guy has his own lane. So they line up next to one another, and, and the guys just before they, they go off, in a sense, I'm, I'm sure their hearts are like, you know, their hearts are beating, like millions of people are watching them right now. This is like, I've trained for this my whole life. And they, I'm sure their hearts are beating quite fast. And there's something that, the, that they did that, that really struck me. There was this moment, I'm going to illustrate it now, so I'm not a 100 meter Olympian. But anyway, I'm a fan though. <laughs> so it was amazing. They stood in front of a line and they looked at the finish line. They looked straight down that lane, looked at the finish line, and there was a moment of taking a deep breath. Like <sighs> and they settled their hearts, got ready, and they went off. And they ran with everything in them. And there was nothing holding them back, literally. They were just like, man, running sub 10 seconds on 100 meter. Like, I'll probably do like double that, hopefully. <laughs> but they were going for it. But there was something about it, just, just about <sighs> settling my heart. Because there's a race that I'm about to run. And the only way I should run this race is with my eyes fixed on the finish line, with nothing holding me back. And I believe as Christians, we are running with too much weight on us. Many of us are running with too much weight. Many of us are running aimlessly. Running, but uh, you're going across the lanes, you're going on the field, but you should actually stay in your lane. Keep the finish line in your sights. And that's where you're running to. And for us as Christians, what did I just read? Fixing our eyes on Jesus. That is our finish line. If we take our eyes off of that, we're going to run aimlessly. If we're gonna, you, did you know that you can even keep your eyes on Jesus and run slower than what you should be running? Those guys are like, man, they are lean they go to the gym probably every day. They are super fit. There's nothing holding them back. All right? There's no excess weight. They're not running with a backpack with bricks in. They are as light as possible to run as fast as possible. And as Christians, I think many of us try to run as fast as possible with as much weight as possible. And God is saying, throw off. Throw off. Throw off the things that hinders us. Throw off the things that the sin that so easily entangles us. The, the New Living Translation says the things that trips you up. I've seen some athletes in, in, in this Olympics where they go for it and the next moment they just trip. It's actually quite funny. To, to, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they, they go for it. It's like, man, they're running and then the next moment you know, something happens or someone else trips them and they, duh, they trip and they fall. And they're out of the race, bruised, you know, barely coming up. That's sad, eh? We don't want to run the Christian race like that. We want to run with our eyes fixed on Jesus, without any excess weight, not being tripped up by sin and the things that hinders us. All right, are you guys still with me? But we need to settle our hearts before we run. We need to settle our hearts. I've been chatting to Paul in this week, you know, it's, it's one thing to, to come here this morning and, and we preach about 
uh, you know, all the different gifts of the Spirit and all the things that, that we should be walking in as Christians, but we try to do all those things with sin in our lives. We try to, to live the Christian life, but we don't want to throw off the sin. We don't want to throw off the things that hinder us. And that's, that's not helpful. We need to throw those things off so that we can be effective for God. And I want to pick up on, on in the weeks to come about running with endurance, running with perseverance. How can I as a Christian run with perseverance? How can I run the long race? And we know, I'll just use a 100 meter example, but we know that the Christian race is actually a marathon. It's not a sprint and then you're out. It's actually a marathon. And I use the 100 meter example just for the sake of the, you know, settling your heart. But actually we run a marathon with endurance and we'll pick up on that in the weeks to come. But first we need to throw off everything that hinders and everything that sin that entangles us. Is that all right? Tell the person next to you, today I'm throwing off. You can actually do that. Tell the person next to you, today I'm throwing off. All right, tomorrow is Monday. We are used to Monday diets. All right. The best thing about a Monday diet is actually to start on a Sunday. That will be more effective. All right. So for, for us as Christians, today we're throwing off. Today. Not tomorrow. Today. We're throwing off. And this is what I want to get to. It says everything that hinders and the sin. Why, why didn't Paul just say, or not Paul, the, the, <coughs> the writer of Hebrews, Hebrews, which I actually believe is Paul, don't quote me. But I, why did, what did the author say, or the writer say, everything that hinders and the sin? Why didn't he just say, just throw off the sin? Have, have you thought about that? Because I believe that yeah, certain sins are obvious, right? Certain sins that the Bible speak about, speaks about, it's quite obvious. But actually, there can be things in your life that's not sin, but that's a hindrance. There can be things in your life that's not sin, but it's unhelpful. You can allow certain things into your life, certain habits, certain things that I'll give examples to now, that's not sin, but it's unhelpful. It's a hindrance. And you should be running without it to be more effective. And for each person, it will look different, right? So for me, it's going to look a certain way, but for you, it's going to look different. But you would know. You would know what's keeping you back from running the, for the Lord. And all of us, who likes to do sin? I do. <laughs> but I know God has saved me. And my life is now His. So therefore, I don't like to do sin anymore. It grieves me. Man, I, I, I like... When, when I said I don't even want to tell it to anyone I just want to know like I know God is not, a, not not approving of this and God is calling us to live without it and for me personally at a, at a stage of my life it was music I, I spoke to one or two of you as well and you know many of us you know can relate with this music is a, is a big thing the music that you allow into your, your ears your mind man I've <laughs> yeah, recently I actually got a fright to be honest there was a song that came on to the radio. I don't listen to radio that much, but there was this one time. <laughs> I listened to the song, and I repeated word after word after word. And I listened to that song like 15 years ago, honestly. 
That song came up when I was at school 15 years ago, and I was just like enjoying that song. And the next moment, I, I realized, oh my goodness, what am I singing? This is so dodgy. <laughs> when I actually listened to the words that I'm singing off by heart, I realized, yo, this is actually quite hectic, the, the influence music has on us. And I had to go like, no, I need to immerse myself into new music that's proper, that's actually helpful to me, and not, you know, and th because the thing is, there's something about music that, uh, when I sing a song to you now, which I'm not going to do, yeah. sorry guys, <laughs> later this day, that song will be stuck in your head. Have you realized it? And that's the influence of music. And actually, the, you, you, it's sometimes subconsciously, but it actually influence you, in influences your thinking, your mind. So I'm not preaching about music and, you know, burn all your CDs and, and, and things like that, but I had to burn all my CDs. <laughs> I had to. I had to delete the, the things that I just realized were not helpful. Music was a big thing. Friends, friendships. Man, I had wrong friends. You can ask my brother and my parents and you know, those who know me from years ago. I had wrong friends, and it was unhelpful. Is having friends a sin? No. No. You should actually value and prioritize your friends. Jesus had very close friends. But having the wrong friends can be a hindrance to you. And having wrong friends was definitely a hindrance for me. Because I, I tried to follow the Lord passionately. But my friends, you know, they, they weren't on the same page. So it actually kept me, kept me back for quite a, quite a while. Social media is quite a recent not a recent thing, but it's, you know, in the last five years, it's probably th something that picks up quite, quite a lot. Social media is, is a biggie, eh? <laughs> Social media is a biggie. Recently, I, I, I went onto, m onto my phone and actually tells you how much time you spend on certain apps on your phone. Check it out. It's quite eye-opening. And I realized how much time I spend on social media, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Imagine if, if I spend half of that time with the Lord. Just half. You don't have to be over-spiritual and say, no, no, I'll imagine if I spend a whole time with the Lord. Just maybe a tenth of that time. <laughs> That's WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, what, name it. Is it a sin to go on Facebook? No. Is it an hindrance? Well, it can be. You know? So what's a hindrance to you? Because today we're throwing off. What's a sin in your life? Today we're throwing off. Because there's a race that God has marked out for us. And we need to throw off. And for you, it can be something different. Whatever it is that keeps you from Jesus, what keeps you from running this race faster for Him, today is the time to throw off. And in Colossians 3, you might have to this up with me. It's quite a lengthy passage. If you do have your Bible, otherwise you can just listen. Colossians 3. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 14. All right, so this is a marathon, like I said. You need endurance. <laughs> All right, are you guys with me? This is Paul speaking, <laughs> not the author of Hebrews. <laughs> oh, it can be. All right, so chapter 3. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, I'm going to read it slowly because this is powerful. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits 
in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So can you get a glimpse of where, where our eyes should be in our lives? Like we need to set our sights on Him. We need to set our thoughts on Him, on, on God, on heaven, on the things of, of God, not the things of this earth. And verse 3, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Isn't that powerful? You have died to this life. This life, the, the body that you're in is temporal. Like you only mentioned, this life will come and go. But actually, our life is hidden with Christ in God for eternity, if you're a Christian this morning. Don't get caught up with this life. And he goes on in verse 4. And when Christ, who is your life, is God your life? When, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. And there we go, verse 5. So, put to death, all right, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idol idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when, you, when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, get rid of rage, get rid of malicious behavior, get rid of slander, get rid of dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. And be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, barbaric, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, black or white, poor or rich. It doesn't say it, but it's relevant for us. And we need to realize that. But Christ is all that matters. And He lives in all of us. So since God chose you to be holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in unity. Isn't that powerful? That is the life that God is calling us to. And Paul writes to the Colossians and he tells them, listen, you need to live a life that's, that's pleasing to God. Like honestly, be honest with yourself this morning. Can you sit here and you have full confidence that my life is pleasing to God? Like I, I'm living flat out for His glory, for His kingdom, for His purposes. And I can say with a clear conscience that my life is pleasing to God. If not, there's things that you need to throw off this morning. When I gave my life to the Lord many years ago, um, it was interesting because I gave my life to Him and I realized that now today I, I'm saved. I'm born again. My life is now His and not my own anymore. When we say I give my life to the Lord, that really is what it means. You give your life to the Lord. It's not your life anymore. 
And I realized I gave my life to him. I got baptized a bit a, a while later. But there, there were certain things that I just brought with me into my Christian walk. Have many of you experienced that before? You like make a decision for the Lord. Yes, Lord, from today on, my life is yours. And then you get confronted by certain sins and certain things that are, that's a hindrance to you. And you bring those things with you into your Christian walk. But God wants you to throw those things off. And I actually had to, to, to walk this thing out with other people and continually, hey guys, I'm still struggling with this. But I don't want to let this thing creep in with me. I don't want to run this race with a bag on my shoulders with many bricks that will actually slow me down. I'm still running for the Lord, but I'm running slowly. God wants me to run fast for Him. God wants me to run without the excess weight. And this morning, maybe you should give that baggage over to the Lord. Maybe you should take off that bag on your shoulders. Maybe the thing that no one knows about. And just, Lord, I just want to give this to you. I want to run free. And I remember, you know, getting victory over certain sins that actually kept a stronghold on me for years after, after committing my life to the Lord. For years. And I remember it was a time where I just started to become free of those things. As I repented before the Lord, as I turned to God, as I walked it out in accountability, in the light, God started to actually free me from those things. And it almost felt too good to be true, in a sense. It almost felt like, no, surely there, there must be a catch. Where's the catch? No. God wants you to live in freedom without a bag of bricks on your shoulders. Maybe you should get baptized. Maybe you have made a decision for God and you need to get baptized. Because baptism, it really symbolizes that the old life is now dead. What did I just read? For you have died to your old life. This is not your life anymore. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And as Christ went under the water, He came up. And he rose again in the same way that it really is, it symbolizes beautifully what he did for us on the cross. As he died on the cross, it was actually the other way around. He died for us on the cross and he rose again. And that is what we are living for. And because of that, we can get baptized so that we can be immersed in Christ's death. But not just in what he has done for us, but what he is doing for us now. As he rose again and we can live in him today. That's why we want to get baptized, man. I want to get, get rid of my old life. Can I just, quick, quick testimony. We baptized Yaku, Yaku last week, and I shared it with him as well. So I had a foul mouth, all right? I really had, like, dirty language, that what, which the Bible just mentioned, or what did it say? Dirty language. Let me just see where, where does it say. Can someone help me out? Yeah, dirty language. I had, a foul mouth. Honestly, like every sentence was just beep, 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 beep. And now I'm preaching. It's, isn't it <laughs> incredible? But this is the testimony. I was walking with the Lord for years before I got baptized, actually. And the day I got baptized, this is the testimony. It doesn't happen to anyone or to everyone, but it happened to me. The day I got baptized, I stopped swearing instantly. For years, it was, it, that was my battle. 
That was the thing that was a hindrance for me. Well, it, it was a sin. It wasn't a hindrance. It was a sin. I realized, and I struggled with it for years. And on the day I got baptized, I came out of that water. And months later, I realized, man, I, I, I'm not swearing anymore. I'm not swearing anymore. And till this day, I, I, I do not swear anymore. And I, and I mean, like, that, that, that must be a move of God. That must be God transforming you from the inside out. As you leave your old life behind and you immerse yourself into the new life which is in Christ. And God wants you to be free. You have died to this life. Take on the new life. So how do you, I want to this question. How do we throw these things off? We mentioned a couple of things that the Bible speaks about. There can be more for you. How do we throw it off? Because if I go around this, this, I almost said this room, if I go around this open air room and I ask you, do you really want to do that sin? You're probably going to tell me, no, I don't want to do it. In the moment, it's great. And I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. But afterwards, it leaves me empty. Sin left me empty. And you, you want to get rid of that. I know you want to. But how do we do it? Good question. And I think we sometimes overcomplicated to ourselves. We feel like we need to earn God's approval again. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to Christians. You cannot save yourself by doing good works if you're not a Christian. You just need to surrender your life to Him. But as you become a Christian, the day you gave your life to Him, you need to do good works. You need to live free from sin and the things that hinders us. So, what I want to say, how do we throw it off? Firstly, we repent. We repent before God. If you realize, man, God is not approving of this. I'm living in sin. I'm, there's things that, that, that's hindering me. Just bring it before God. God knows anyway. He's like, He knows. So bring it before Him, Lord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And in 1 John 1, verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, listen to this, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and He will purify us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that liberating this morning? That in the midst of our unfaithfulness, He is the one that's faithful. He is the one that's just. He is the one that's able to forgive you of your sins. Not just certain sins, of all your sins. Those that you, you, you don't want to tell anyone about, God will forgive you of that and He will cleanse you of your unri unrighteousness. But we cannot assume that it will happen all the time. We've got a responsibility in this. And it, is, it says we confess our sins. We repent of our sins. And in Acts 3, it says repent isn't this a very popular preach, repentance and sin? <laughs> you won't find this a lot on the internet. Though. But I believe this is what uh, we need to hear. We need to hear these things, guys. Acts 3, it says, repent and turn to God. So you see, do you see the actions? You go to God, you repent. Lord, I'm sorry. But it's not like you just do that and you go on doing the old things. No, no, no. There's a turning to God that has to take place. There's a turning to God that has to take place. Otherwise, you're going to fall back into the things of your old life. 
It says, repent, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. All right? Do you want your sins to be wiped out this morning? Repent and turn to God. And it, and it finishes up with this. So that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So that times of refreshing may come. Man, I want to walk in the refreshment of the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in the refreshment of His presence. And when I, when I, when I allow sin to come in, there's, there's usually not a re- refreshing feeling. <laughs> there's a, there's, you don't have peace in your heart. Your conscience is not clear. You just feel like a bit, ooh, I don't want to go to church anymore and I don't want to spend time with God anymore. Maybe we should just bite the bullet. Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I turn to you. And when we do that, Suddenly, you just experience His presence again. It's interesting. It's not a, like a formula, but it's just how it works. Now, when, when, when you're in the light, He's with you. When you're not in the light, you, can experience, you will experience darkness. But when we live in the light, just, Lord, and my life is open. He comes and He refreshes your soul. And you just suddenly feel like, yeah, I feel His presence again. And many of us are running this Christian race without His presence. And this morning, we're throwing off. We're throwing off. This is how we respond, guys. We repent before God. We turn to Him. And this is a quick act. It's not like, now I'll repent tomorrow. If you get convicted in your heart, and the Holy Spirit might starting to start to convict you already, just like highlighting certain things in your heart. Just repent, even while I'm preaching. I won't get offended. <laughs> I'll actually be very glad. Throw these things off. And clothe yourselves with the things of God, with righteousness, the things that's pleasing to God. Okay. I want to end with this. Culture and the world around us do not set our standards. Jesus is our standard. Until you get that, you won't live a life pleasing to Him. Because what happens is we start to compare ourselves with one another. We start to compare ourselves with our culture. We start to compare ourselves with what the world is doing. And we feel like, okay, I'm not that bad. I'm not as, as bad as those guys. Luckily, I'm attending a bit more in, a, in church. Luckily, I'm doing this a bit more. And then we subconsciously compare ourselves to culture and the world around us. And we allow that to set our standard. But God is our standard. God, is, Jesus is our standard. We need to look at ourselves and see if we match up with Jesus. If not, you need to throw off this morning. There's things you need to throw off this morning. Don't compare yourselves. Be encouraged by others, yes, and, and encourage others. But Jesus is our standard. We compare ourselves with Him. And man, when I do that, I realize, oh my goodness, I fall short. It's actually a humbling experience comparing yourself with Jesus. It's like, ooh, I thought I actually did well. I thought, you know, attending church this much and doing this much and giving that much is actually, you know? And then I look at Jesus, I'm like, ooh, quite a high standard. So what I'm saying is you haven't arrived yet because all of us fall short. The Bible says none, none of us are good. All of us have fallen short of His glory. We're all born sinners. Do you know that? 
We're all born with our destination being hell. Now that's a popular preach. That is our destination. When you, born, when you were born into this life, that, that's, that's your destination. That's, that's all of our, us. That's our destination, guys. But Jesus. But Jesus, who gave his life by dying on the cross, because none, none of us were good enough to live the life that he lived. He offered himself up. We were having a conversation last week. He's just, that is love. Giving himself. And although it might look like he was forced to do it, but he, he gave of himself for me and you. For me and you. And guess what? He didn't just die for you. He rose again for you. So that today, we can be in a relationship with the Father because of what Jesus has done. We can be in a relationship with God because of the life that He gave for us. He has set us free if we give ourselves to Him. He is our standard. And the scripture in, in Titus 2, verse 11 and 12, listen to this. For the grace God has appeared let me, let me start over. For the, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. So God's grace, that's why He died for you and me. It's His grace on you. It's not because you deserve it. What did I just say? What, what do we deserve? What, what? We deserve hell. That's because none of us are good enough. That's what we deserve. But Jesus, His grace, His mercy... His love for us that we don't deserve. It's like, you get, it's like I'm giving you a gift. If you, pay, if you pay for it, it's not a gift. What do we do with gift? You receive it. Man, it's your love for me. It's your grace for me. Thank you so much. I don't deserve this. Wow. Thank you. And you receive it. It's for by, by His grace that offers salvation to all people. No matter how much sin you have in your life. And then it says, and this grace, listen to this, this grace, it teaches you to say no to ungodliness. It teaches you to say no to worldly passions so that you may live a life with self-control, with, uh, with upright and a godly life in this time. So the grace that God has for me and you is not that we can every time we sin, oh Lord, I'm sorry, but I keep on doing it. No, 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 that's not grace. You're manipulating grace. You're abusing grace. You're assuming there's grace. Grace teaches you to say no to those things. Grace allows you to, okay, oh my goodness, I fall short. Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. And I trust that you have forgiven me because you need to know that he has forgiven you. And then move on. Turn to God. Clothe yourself with the things of God. Clothe yourself with, with kindness, humility, patience, all those things that God really desires of us. Stuck with the old. It teaches you to say no to the old life. Don't get stuck with the old life. Guys, if we want to run this race that God has marked out for us, we need to throw off this morning. 
And in the weeks to come, we'll speak about this rice. What is this rice? How does it look like? How do we run this rice? But then it says we need to prepare ourselves for this rice. We need to throw off this morning. Throw off the things that's a hindrance to you, the things that trips you up. Throw off those things. You don't have to carry those things with you. And you would know what's those things. You would know. And I want to I pray for us. Sorry, I went over time a bit. Just close your eyes where you are. And you'll see there, there's a little paper and a pen on your chair. You're probably wondering what, it, what, this, what is this thing. And this morning I want us to actually write down those things that you need to throw off this morning. What are those things that you need to throw off this morning? Just, just between you and God right now, just before you start writing, I hope, I hope the page is long enough for, for us. <laughs> but what are those things that you need to throw off? And this morning I want to ask us, can we be real and honest? Can we be real and honest with ourselves? And Jesus offered himself, guys. Man, that is good news. And although it might seem like, oh my goodness, this is bad news this morning. I'm a sinner. I'm sinful. I fall short. And I want to say, well done for realizing that. Yes, that is the truth. But Jesus. Actually, without Jesus, I am nothing. But Jesus. But because of what He has done. And I want to give an opportunity this morning. I lived my life thinking I'm doing good, thinking I'm doing well. But until the day I gave my life to Him, I realized, man, I really need the Lord now. And sometimes we don't realize that we need the Lord. We think, we'll, we'll, I'll just try harder. I'll just do more. Can I say, none, nothing that you can ever do will be good enough to earn your salvation. Nothing that you can ever do will earn your approval into heaven. But only what Jesus has done will be good enough for you to get into heaven. And if you haven't given your life to Him before, maybe you think you have, but you realize this morning, man, I don't know if my life is really His. I want to ask you, can you give your life to Him this morning? I urge you, make a decision for Him. We don't deserve it, but because of His grace and love. And I actually want to, want to ask you if, you, if you want to give your life to Him, I want you to get hold of me afterwards. I'll be here in front. Be bold. Come to me. I want to pray with you. I want to explain to you what is happening and what needs to happen so that we can walk and run this race God has marked out for us without the weight on us. Be bold. And then for the rest of us, I want to ask us, right now, just close your eyes. What's the things that you need to throw off? Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come and reveal our hearts to us right now. Like your word says, come and, come and show if there's any wicked ways, any wicked things in my life. Because this morning we want to throw off. And before you start writing, I want you to, to repent before God. 
And maybe, the, maybe by writing that is your way of repenting before God. But allow Him in in this. Allow the Holy Spirit in in this time. Ask Him, Lord, what do you want me to throw off? Ask Him for forgiveness. We're going to be real, guys. We're not going to read these papers. We're going to throw it into this bin. We're going to throw away the bag. We're not going to read it. So it's between you and God. So be real. Be honest this morning. Don't walk out this morning with weight on your shoulders. Walk out as a free man, as a free woman this morning. And as you start to hear his voice on certain things, bring it before him, ask for forgiveness, start writing those things down. Just, Lord, I'm sorry for this. Or, you know, if it's whatever, music, friends, relationships that you're not supposed to be in. Maybe there's a, like an obvious sin. Man, you are really battling with lust. You are watching pornography. Whatever it might be, be real this morning before God. Write those things on, those, on that paper. Throw it off. Ask God for forgiveness. Just take this moment. We don't have to rush into anything. I ask Paul to just you know, be on the guitar and let's just make space for the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts, into our lives. Settle your hearts. Quiet your hearts so that you can hear His voice. And if you get a thought of something, pray about Lord, is this, is this what you're saying? Is this what you're doing? Should I repent of this? Maybe, maybe you don't know it's a sin. And God is revealing it's a sin to you now. Just be real. Let's just take a moment.